Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Voices broadcast from the Saints Network. I am so privileged to share this time with you. I am Pastor Teresa Smith from the Father's Church in Tucson, Arizona. And I, like so many of you, was blessed to recently have the opportunity to attend the Saints Network seminar. It was really an amazing time. It was filled with impartation and interactions that were just really incredibly encouraging. I am so thankful for the seminars. It's just always a great encounter with God and some really special time with the saints. And it was wonderful this time also to have so many of the kids in attendance. I love seeing them worshiping and praying and playing too. Um, And it was really good for them to be there, I think. I don't know about you, but for me, it's not ever until I'm home and begin to process the things that God did while I was there that I really discover all that he's done. And this time, of course, is no different. There's so many truths given, wisdom spoken, impartations, healings, all of the God things, and they come in rapid fire progression. And I'm a person who who needs time to think about things, to ponder them and think about how they align with things that God has spoken to me before. I don't really have time to do that at seminars, so I just try to take everything in so I don't lose any bits of what God has spoken or done. And then when I get home and have more quiet time before the throne, I pull those things out one by one and I look at them and consider them and align them with other things that God has spoken and look at them in the word. Our lives are busy. They're filled with distraction and turbulence. We need peace. We need to seek peace and eagerly pursue it. Scripture says that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think this is why God has made us to to commune with him daily. We need this daily alignment of what he is saying and doing, of praying in partnership with him, and of regaining his perspective on everything. God desires for us to live in peace. Sometimes in some seasons, it's harder than others. One of the things I've been thinking about is how it's so possible to have untold riches poured out on us and then lose it. How easily we can allow it to seep away. You know, um, we drive to and from the seminar. Not everyone does that, but lots of you know that we do that. And it's a really fun drive. I come with my daughter usually and two of my granddaughters. And this time Shay also came with us. And I know you all loved hearing her speak during the seminar. If you weren't there and you didn't get a chance to hear that, I think that the seminar teachings are still up for a while on the website. So please go and listen to them. They were wonderful. And she was, of course, really great, and we were real proud of her. But we left Tucson at 10 p.m., and it's about a 15-hour drive with the little stops we make. So we just tackle it by driving straight through. We have appointed stops along the way, and when we're going towards Dallas, we are filled with anticipation. And so we drive through the night, and we arrive late afternoon in Dallas. And we're tired, but we're ready to partake of all that God has for us Coming home, you know, we're filled with discussion about things the Lord did while we were there and things that we ate, of course, but we're also really tired and it would be easy to get home and be tired and not even notice if we didn't process a single thing that God did while we were at seminar. 
and then it would just be a good time. I know you know what I mean. You might not have a 15-hour drive to get home. You might even live right there in Dallas. But hey, there is a pile of what you didn't do during seminar waiting for you at home. So whether it's your employment or your laundry pile, there will be some things waiting for you. You will have to make those decisions about how you're going to hold on to what was given to you at the seminar. I dare say we have these same choices to make after every encounter we have with the Lord, you know, whether it's Sunday service or seminar or during your own quiet time with him. He is giving us treasure and we have so much that we might not value it as dearly as we would in a time when there was not so much in the natural for instance, a person who doesn't have much to eat will just really value every crumb that's offered to them. If you have an overabundance of food, then you might not savor each mouthful. It's just a truth about us all that if we always have plenty of food, we don't value it as much. That, I think, is why our parents reminded us when we were children that other children around the world were starving. In other places, they probably say the same thing about kids in America, but they wanted to leverage us to clear our plates. But the truth is that they really also wanted us to value what was given to us. I laugh sometimes because with the proliferation of cooking shows, cooking network, chef shows, chopped, everyone is a gourmet these days. You can hear it when people describe what they've eaten. Even the little kids talk that way. We have so much. It's really a first world problem if your restaurant is unable to accommodate your desire for truffle sauce on your food, right? It's crazy that we train our palates to desire certain tastes, and we learn about all the exotic foods. But sometimes as Christians, we'll just consume whatever comes our way. Maybe we need to learn to be picky eaters when it comes to what we feed our spirits. That way, we won't just gather up everything that comes when we hear it, just because it has a Christian label on it. You know, last seminar, Apostle Ron spent some time telling us about some of the teachings that are floating around in Christian circles that really aren't Christian at all. Sometimes they're really evil. We have to learn to decipher what is God's truth in the midst of teachings that sound Christian, but aren't aligned with the Word of God. Scripture tells us that for those to whom much is given, of him much shall be required. In the Saints Network, we are given much. We have really strong meat. Sometimes we have to spend time chewing on that to get the full benefit. Much given, much required. We have many options during the week to hear incredible teachings from the Word of God. I hope that you all spend time browsing the Saints Network website. There's so many things on there that are really wonderful. This week, as I was considering all of the strong meat that we were given at the seminar, I was thinking about the way that God propels us forward. His grace allows us to be propelled into a higher place. His grace draws us. His grace puts us in places where we'll receive what he wants us to receive. His grace moves us forward and upward. I was reminded of the verse in 2 Corinthians 6, 1, and that's what I wanted to share with you today a little bit about that. Um, it says, we then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. 
This verse follows a familiar passage about being Christ's ambassadors. Since I'm not too crazy about just plucking single verses out of context, I'll read that a little bit for you. In in 520, it says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And then the verse that we're looking at today, we then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he says, I have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. First of all, notice that this verse talks about being workers um, together with him. What an honor. We are workers in the kingdom together with God, together with Christ. We do what he asks. We pursue him, but we do all things together with him. As workers together with him, we beseech you also that you don't receive the grace of God in vain. We are receivers of the grace of God. We must not receive it in vain. So this is what I've been thinking about. We are recipients of that grace of God. That is grace that's given to us freely. But our responsibility is that we don't receive that grace in vain. So I was thinking about how how might we receive grace in vain? First of all, let me say that I believe that God always intends fruitfulness for what he releases. His grace, his word, all things from God are intended to grow us. In Isaiah 55, 10, it says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God always speaks with intention. His word accomplishes what he intends it to. Grace has an intention also, but I believe we see from this passage in 2 Corinthians that grace can be received in vain. Think about just for a second the parable of the sower. The sower went out to sow, and when he sowed, then some seeds fell by the wayside, and the birds came and ate them. Some fell on stony places, remember, where they didn't have very much earth, and they sprang up, but because they didn't have any depth of earth, when the sun came up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they were withered away. And then there were some that fell uh, among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them. But then, remember, there was some that fell into good ground, and it brought forth fruit a hundredfold, sixtyfold, and thirtyfold. So that's what our desire is, that when the Father deposits in us a grace deposit, that it will be deposited and bring forth fruit. And it's my desire that it brings forth a hundredfold. We have to make sure that what's given to us doesn't fall away. We have to make sure that our soil is deep and that we have a fertile place for the truths that God imparts to us to be incubated and to grow. Here in Arizona, we're really aware of how it is for things that fall on rocky soil. Our soil is rocky or sandy. 
it doesn't have much depth very often, and we don't get very much water. So the sun is intense and things shrivel up. I don't know how many times I have planted a garden only to have that happen. And so it's almost like an illustration of what happens with us. We have to make sure that what is given to us is planted in a place where it will grow, and then we need to make sure that we water it. We have to make sure that we don't abandon purpose, that we don't receive truths from the Lord only to abandon them. You know, we can walk away from things or we can stay where we are and never digest the meat. I think the second one is a little bit harder to to um, feel in ourselves because we know when we're walking away from something, but when we allow things to pull us this way and that way and keep us from developing what God has given us, then we are not digesting the meat. And that's a little harder to spot. It's not our job to spot it, I don't think, in the people around us. But we can be pretty introspective and we can see what's going on in our own selves. We can allow the world to blow us this way and that and we can follow it. Or we can just be so worn out that we don't even have time or energy to pursue the deep things of God. I heard someone once say, that a travel guide is of no use to the person who's going nowhere. God's truth will not be of any value to us unless we're moved forward by their revelation. In our current culture, we need to really keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus. We must spend time in his word and exercise our prayer languages. Deception it, deception lurks in every arena, and it's not even hidden anymore. Some of it's pretty blatant. We can't allow the things that are given to us to become twisted so that it mingles in with the hodgepodge of religious stew that we see around us. We are a people set apart. God is raising up a people who will live by his grace and follow his truth. Sin abounds, let grace abound more. We will be those children of light living in the midst of the wicked and perverse generation. We have to allow the light of the Lord to be upon us. You know, as scripture says in Isaiah, Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. See, we're people set apart to bring glory to God and to shine the light of his presence everywhere we go. I feel like this recently passed seminar was like a landmark. It was like an altar of stone that was built for the dedication of the saints to the most holy God. As seminar was beginning, Monica asked different people what they expected from the seminar. My heart was crying out for a reigniting of the passion. God has fanned the flame of his presence in each one of us. You know, if you weren't able to be there, you were not left out. I believe God is breathing even now upon that place within your spirit as well. And you can go online and get those same teachings that we had and ask God to breathe upon you again. I believe that God really wants that for us. Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, 6, Fan into flame the gift of God that's within you, or as King James says, stir up the gift within you. Listen to the resources available on the website. Allow the deep planting of the grace of God into your spirit. 
spend time in prayer. Find a time. Find a place to be alone with the Lord. Dig into the Word. You know, at our house, we have a wood-burning stove. We burn real wood, not a gas log. And I know that if you don't go and stir the fire and stoke it with wood, that baby's going to go out. And it might be slowly where it smokes you out of the room before it totally dies. But you need to stir the fire, even if there's just a spark. If you add some wood to it and stir it up, you'll get a roaring fire once again. This, to me, is a great word picture that's used in Timothy All those people that heard that knew about fires. Fan that spark into flame. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. Let's commit to not be lazy or asleep. Let's commit to prayer and commune with the Father. Let's commit to not allowing the twisted theologies around us to pollute our own faith. Let's take seriously the call to study the Word. Let's take full advantage of all the resources that God has given us. You know, in Hebrews 5, it says, But strong meat belongs to those that are of full age, even to those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. I want that strong meat, and I really want to have my senses exercised by reason of use to discern both good and evil. Boy, do we need to have discernment in these days and the days ahead. So this is my prayer for us, that we would not receive his grace in vain and that we would have ever increasing discernment to see the places where we are being sidetracked. We don't even always need the enemy to pull us away. We are fully capable of doing that on our own. Let's commit ourselves to going forward to whatever was planted in us or whatever God is even planting in you today in your own quiet time. Allow it to really take root and pursue God for all that he has for you. So, Father, I just bless all of these people that are listening to this message, whenever that might be. Father, I ask that you would give us an outpouring of your grace and that we would stir up what you give to us so that we are those fiery ones that are burning with your presence, Lord, those that have the light of the Lord upon us. And we just love you, God, and we lift you up and we say, Amen. Thanks, guys, for listening. Bye-bye.